Hey guys, if you like listening to us, um, you can follow us on Twitter or email us. Follow us on Twitter at writer, W-R-T-R, bagel, B-A-G-E-L, basket, B-S-K-T, on Twitter, or email us, writersbagelbasket at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. We want to know what you want to do. Submit fan art. Submit a logo. Do anything, because we want to hear from you. And if you have show suggestions, email them. Theorizing that one could travel within the Bagel Basket realm, Dr. Scott Kerlin led an elite group of scientists and pop culture lovers to develop a top-secret program called Bagel Basket Leap. Pressured to prove his theories right, Scott Kerlin made the decision to watch Quantum Leap, hoping that that leap would be the leap back to the Bagel Basket. The writer's Bagel Basket. Tear me apart, Lisa! Because if you were going to be some lame suburban dad, why couldn't you have been that for me? Correction, Homer. You're the second. That's right, Mr. Peabody! Quiet, you. Pizza, pizza, pizza! I'm so excited! I'm so excited! Ever banged an entire bachelorette party, baby? It was, was all the time I needed. Welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I am Scott Kerland, and my guest this week is a first-time co-host, and he's been a very dear friend of mine for years, and he is a director and an actor, Mr. David Allen Prescott. Hello, Scott. Good to be here. You go all NPR. <laughs> <laughs> this week on Fresh Talk with Terry Gross. <laughs> so, David, what did we watch this week? We watched Quantum Leap, which was <laughs> delightful. You've never seen it, right? I I used to catch little bits of it on sci-fi b- back in the day on sci-fi, back when it was you know the sci-fi network before it became the channel. Right. Uh, that made no sense. It w- you know it was because they wanted to start doing weird like vampire werewolfy things, right? <laughs> yeah. They wanted to get in on the market. Yeah, they're like. Girls, they like banging werewolves and vampires. We're going to capitalize on that. We but have a... that's not science fiction, so... But it's it's a TV show where a werewolf and a vampire and a ghost live together. Ooh, the Munsters 2.0. <laughs> have you ever seen Being Human? I have not. That That's what the show was. Uh... Yeah. So we watched Quantum Leap. This was a show that I loved growing up like i never understood it like i didn't understand the the sexual nuance like (laughs) because the first so we watched star-crossed um from season one it's this is so confusing but it's episode two but they mark it as episode three they don't count the pilot as a two-parter because in the pilot he ends up the pilot's called Genesis Part 1 and Genesis Part 2. In the first half of the pilot, he is a 1950s pilot. And then in the second half, he is a baseball player. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but in both of those, he ends up banging the guy's wife or girlfriend. And in this one, he's kind of doing the same thing. So that's why it's in the bagel basket. Because basically, he is just... Going back in time, and that's what... I wonder if that's how they pitched it to NBC. We're just going to have this guy. He's going to jump around time and bang whoever he wants. It's Wait, whoa, be whoa, great. whoa, whoa. Let me stop you there. What? He's going to go 
all over time. Yeah, I, I get that part. And bang whoever he wants. We're going to sign you for five seasons. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like American Doctor Who. That's what they were trying to be, because this was like right after uh, Tom Baker Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And Doctor- Which was when it got good. Yeah, and they're like, we got to cash in on this, because we got the fifth Doctor, and we don't know what's terrible yet. But we don't want silly-looking aliens. We need to add some American spice. Yeah, we need some Scott Bakula. And lots of sex. <laughs> the the thing that, like, growing up, the only actors I had, like, all of my friends, I had a, a friend named Matt, and he had, like, Matt Damon and, and all those people mm-hmm. f- for celebrities to relate to. I had a friend named George. He had Clooney. I had a friend named Brad. He had Brad Pitt. I had Scott Bakula and Scott Glenn. And Scott Bayo. Um, oh, no. <laughs> Not Chachi. <laughs> Not the man who supported, you know, a lot of bad stuff in the 80s. Yeah. Because um, I think Scott Bayo was the one who I, like, related to the most. I was like, I love Charles and Judge. Yeah, if you just watch his shows and pretend that that's Scott Bayo, you're okay. But if you like, just don't, just don't look at anything real, Scott Bale. He is not a nice man. No, no, no. <laughs> so, David, why don't you give us a quick synopsis about what happened in this episode? Well, so this is delightful. Uh, y- y- you know, our our guy here, uh, what the heck is his name there? Sam Beckett. Sam Beckett. Uh, you know, pops into the 1970s and finds that he is an English lit professor. Uh, and one of his students is madly in love with him uh, and is romanticizing their strange uh, teacher-student relationship. And so his goal is to, to get her off of his case uh, and get her back into sort of her own world. Uh, but he finds that the woman that he was in love with back in his own time is also going to college here. And so he gets a little sidetracked. I'm just trying to pull up like the 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 cast to see who played this crazy lady. The the big co-star is uh Terry Hatcher. Yes, Terry Hatcher, and, who's lovely. And she does not look like all of the actors look except for Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell and Terry Hatcher look like 70s appropriate. Super 70s, yeah. And they look so 80s that it's not even funny. Yeah. Like she has, she has like. She just looks like Terry Hatcher. Yeah, she looks like Terry Hatcher. Like even her clothes. Like, uh, the girl who plays Jamie Lee. Uh, this isn't loading. Um, who, let, let's just call her Blanche Dubois. Oh yeah, because she, she has the most like southern. Like, she's got the Blanche Devereaux. Yeah, like, she, very, but she's so soft spoken and very. Uh, it, it's it's uncomfortable. She, she, <laughs> Professor Bryant. Yeah. Oh, be still my quiver. Like, I have always depended on the kindness of strangers. And she's just like... So horny. So incredibly horny. And the, so he's playing... Sam is now having to put on the guise of Professor Brant. Who, when we first see him... What did I say? I said Bill Pullman, right? Yes, yes, Bill Pullman. Not Bill Paxton. He looked like like an elderly Bill Pullman. And uh, then, like, when they show him again, he looks worse. Like, I I thought they were going to be like, the more you stay in his body, he dies. 
Cause, yeah. Because he kept getting, he went from being Bill Pullman to being Christopher Lloyd in like two scenes. It was very, he, it was very like Oxford professor who's always drunk on scotch. Leslie Sachs plays Jamie Lee. Okay. So she played, oh, she, she's, she's a nobody. Yeah, she, you can tell she's a, she shouldn't be in anybody. She was in Dracula Dead and Loving It. She played an oh. usher at. <laughs> she was in an a episode of the x-files she was in a episode of frasier just shoot me oh she what she was on lois and clark with terry hatcher oh terry got her another job good for you terry she's You're like not- i know a girl she's got a porny southern voice you might want to hire her oh professor Bryant. i think that's superman flying through the sky so <laughs> as as the episode goes on um Jamie has been having an affair with Professor Brian, and this is where it didn't make, like, quantum leap sense, because, like, in the previous two episodes, Sam was just banging whoever he could. He's like, what, right. you, you, wanna, you wanna bang a pilot? A space pilot? Yeah. And in this one, he's just like, you know what? He has scruples all of a sudden. Yeah, I pass. Yeah, I can't sleep with this young college girl. Hard pass. And... Then, as soon as he sees Donna, played by Terry Hatcher, he's like, Donna! And um, we should say, Dean Stockwell plays Al. Al is like his his mentor, guide, his Dante's Inferno-style usher through this hell. Mm-hmm. And Al's like, hey, Sammy boy, don't worry, we'll get you out of this as soon as possible. Mm. And... You love Gene Stockwell because of Battlestar. Because of Battlestar Galactica, who, yes. Who is he on Battlestar? He is one of the Cylon models. Uh, he has a, a few... T- he's he's a, one of the complicated ones where there's two of him. Well, there's tons of him. Every model has a bunch of them. But there are two of him that sort of play against each other. Like, one of them is super Cylon, and one of them is, like, super for the humans. Mm-hmm. Um and he's having an affair with uh, with Colonel Ty's wife. Wow. Yeah. Well, he kind of does the same alert. thing. Spoiler alert. He kind of does the same thing here. Like. Oh, yeah. He's talking about sleeping with the yeah. wives of the different scientists <laughs> on the project. Yeah, because this is the second or third episode. They're like, they're like, hey, Sam, you're breaking protocol. A protocol that you set up. Like, if he set up the protocol. Then why do you care? Yeah, like, like he... So the, and how do they know he's breaking the protocol? Because later on, because he says he says you know Donna's here, and he's like, "Whoa, Donna, who left you at the altar where I was your best man?" It's just so it's it's unclear what the like benevolent scientists can see and not see. I wish because we... later on you've got you've got what what's his name there saying Al. They can't hear you. They can only hear me. And it's like then how do they know what the hell he's doing? Yeah, and he's. We'll get to that, but but when when he's explaining these scientists, he's like, you know, Weissman, he wants your job. He wants to pull this whole project, and you'll be in a vegetated state because Sam's body is in is in the labs. Yeah, but his like soul and mind they they learn to displace him and travel through time. So he's just leaping from body to body, and he's like, listen. They're going to pull the plug. You're going to be a veg for the rest of your life. Don't make this about you. And then what does he do? He makes it about him. Right. So, uh, yeah. 
I picked this episode because of how I remember what the resolution was and how it didn't fit the theme. Like, it, it is crazy. This, this is a Shakespearean style, and it just goes bananas. Bananas. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> so, what do you think? Uh, it's 80s television. 1989. Yeah. Yeah, so this was like September, you know, the third week of September in 1989. Right. And the episode, the full title is Starcrossed, June 15th, 1972. Yeah. Now, if you know your history, June 17th, 1972 was Watergate. Right. And that's what the resolution of this is. Yeah, big twist at the end there. All of a sudden, wait a minute, we're at the Watergate. Yeah, so if we go back to the very beginning, Jamie Lee is trying to bang Professor Brian. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I told my daddy that you and I are going to be together forever. And he's like, oh, well, go go back and tell him you were wrong. Whoops. (laughs) He's like, I want to bang another chick. You don't want to be with me. Yeah, when he first jumps into the body, he's in this professor's body, and he's in this room, like, they do, like, the Indiana Jones, where, like, all these women are, like, just looking at him, like, ah, oh, oh, oh. yeah. And he's like, where the hell am I? Yeah. And the suit, his suits in this art, amazing. They're wonderful. They're <laughs> wonderful. They're extremely 70s. Yeah, he looks like Mr. Furley. The huge lapels, super Mr. Furley. Yeah. What? <laughs> what are you all doing in here? English lit. And he he explains uh, Weathering Heights in the most, I don't want to say benign, but it, it's like how he's describing Weathering Heights. is like He has no idea what he's doing. Yeah, so yeah. then uh, yeah, Heathcliff, Heathcliff, and uh, 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 the other one, uh, Catherine, yeah, her. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Which one of they you... They were in this book. It yeah. It was great. And and when he leaps in, like, all the women are looking at him, he's banging all those chicks. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's totally banging them. Right. Except he doesn't realize that. He, he gets sort of taken aback by the fact that this professor is a total freak in the sheets <laughs> and, and and a shakespeare on the streets <laughs> and this, that's the t-shirt freak in the sheets shakespeare on the streets when he first uh gets approached by jamie lee he's like we can't fraternize we're a t- teacher and student because and she's like you've already banged me four times today right yeah he slowly starts realizing the the true nature of this freaky 70s professor yeah. Throughout when they find his closet of <laughs> he has a paraphernalia. Cl- yeah, he has a sex closet. Yeah, full and- of costumes and there's rubber stuff. <laughs> That's my favorite line from the show. Yeah, because Al out like just morphs into the actual closet. Like he becomes the closet from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look, there, the, there's, there's leather stuff in here. There's chains and whips and rubbers. <laughs> What if what if this professor ended up being the gimp from Pulp Fiction? Oh my god. There's a mascot costume in here. <laughs> He's got a Winnie the Pooh costume. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he Willy Wonka? <laughs> so I'm guessing there's Oompa Loompa costumes for the Goyle. Oh my goodness. 
<laughs> I could do Al's voice like all day because like he's supposed to be a scientist. Al is supposed to be a scientist. Sam is clearly a scientist. Right. He's got the the demeanor. He's got you know the smarts. He knows what's going on. But Al, he's a scientist. There's nothing about Al that says scientist at all. Yeah, he's like, he's like, oh, you won't believe. Hey, there's a gym costume and baby oil and talcum powder. Oh, I get it. You put on the talc, <laughs> you try to put it on, and the baby oil's for the face. <laughs> he's just, it's, yeah, no, he's like an unsupervised child, although he's the voice of reason as well, so. Yeah, so the the main issue is that he can't leap until he gets Jamie Lee and her boyfriend Oscar, who... The guy who plays Oscar is Mike McGrady, who he's he's not a big actor, but he played the cop in Hocus Pocus. The cop who you think is a cop. And he turns out to just be a guy in a costume. Yeah, because it's freaking Halloween. Yeah. The one who's like, you're a voyagin. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> like, th- that was a weird thing about Hocus Pocus, that... They made a big deal about the kid being a virgin. Yeah, it's a Disney movie, and he's, he's like a four, teenager. He's yeah. like fourteen, fifteen years old. He should be. He's a in high school, and they're all making fun of him for being a virgin. <laughs> yeah. And and what I, what I noticed the last time I saw Hocus Pocus. Don't worry, we get off topic a lot on this podcast. No, that's fine. Uh, I'm all about veering off into Hocus Pocus. Well, well, he offers uh, the girl. Um, what's her name? Not his sister, the other Natalie. Is her name Natalie? What is her name? Uh, I don't remember. I don't either. Vanessa Shoplater. Um, but he's like, you want to light the candle? And she's like, that's not a good idea. Which implies that right. she's, not she's not a, a virgin. virgin. Right. <laughs> like, it's insane. And I, he's the one character in this who, in this episode, Mike McGrady, who I was like, who is he? I know him. Mm-hmm. And because you don't see his hair in Hocus Pocus because he has right, the, helmet the helmet on. on. I was like, oh. That, Although that's... I doubt he has this he... gorgeous Kenny G head of hair. Oh, I was Still. thinking more Michael Bolton. Oh, like... Michael Bolton. Yes, yeah. no. Yes, you're right. Because Kenny G was the brunette and Michael Bolton was it, the blonde. It is Michael Bolton. You're like, right. He looked like Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> it was, it's it, It's all very sad. Like, he when we came it's on. It's not very 70s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All of the actors who are supposed to be teenagers look like they're like 45 yes none of them are teenagers (laughs) yeah uh and he's like you've been messing with my girl and he's like donna's your girl he's like who's donna i'm talking about jamie lee and he's like oh no you're oscar (laughs) and you said the the one thing that made me laugh so hard (laughs) what'd i say what'd i say oscar oscar meyer oh yeah (laughs) oscar what what's your last name pistorius (laughs) she will be mine she will one way or another oh no my legs <laughs> oh well he hadn't gotten to that part yet he's yeah. still i hadn't stepped on that landmine yet someday i'm gonna be a runner <laughs> yeah ever seen kingsman the secret service I'm gonna have legs like that <laughs> uh and jamie lee she has a line that that this whole episode, it felt like it was supposed to be for, like, a 1970s porno. Like, this entire... That's how she's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, mm-hmm. she talks that way. But even the script, like, like you could... This felt like porn. It like, did. Like, Haley, Haley walked in halfway through and she's like, are you guys watching porn? And we were. But when we got back to the episode, yeah, it af- also af- felt like a porn. Right. 
but maybe that's because we have one thing on the brain already. Right, that's true. Right. Um, no, but she's like, are you sure you guys aren't watching porn? I'm like, this is Quantum Leap. This was on NBC. Yeah. Because Jamie Lee has a line. She, he's like, oh, I looked at your grades. You're already getting an A in the class. And she's like, I don't want an A. <laughs> and it's like, what grade do you want? <laughs> like, this actress, I'm glad she never really acted again. Right. Because... I bet you she's like a dinner theater actress. Probably. Play, playing Annie. Okay, so you're a director. Would you ever cast this woman? No. <laughs> no. Would you cast anyone in this episode? Yeah, maybe Terry Hatcher. What about she Bacula? Was right. Bacula was good, too. Bacula's really charming. I love Bacula. I, like, people always harp on him, but I think he's pretty good in this. Well, th- I loved him on this, but the show that I loved him on, do you remember Chuck? No. So Chuck was the the NBC show. Um, one I of the remember cr- the name of the show. So one of the creators of this show, um, executive produced for Josh Schwartz, Chuck, which is a show about a guy who gets a supercomputer in his brain, mm-hmm. and you find out that his dad invented the supercomputer, and his dad's played by Bakula. Oh, is Bakula playing the same character? Uh, no, but it's heavily implied. Okay. And, like, as soon as you like Bacula on the show, spoilers, but you've had ten years to watch the show, they shoot him, like, six times in the chest. Yeah, so take that, Game of Thrones. <laughs> they did it first. Yeah. Poor Bacula. And now he's on NCIS New Orleans, or NCIS oh, yeah. Diet. One New- of the million different NCIS shows. Yeah, so the plot is a throwaway plot, like... This was a forty-eight minute episode, but it could it went by like that. Like, yeah. Like, I don't really remember anything because it, <laughs> nothing really happened. It, nothing happened. It, like you find out he's like, I know why she didn't marry me. She's got daddy issues. Right. And he he freaks her out right away. He's like, I know I know everything about you. And she's like, How can you? You're my English lip professor, Donna, not not horny Jamie Lee, Terry Hatcher. Yeah. Lois Lane. The woman that he eventually is supposed to marry and she leaves him at the altar. Yeah, like five minutes before. Like, Do you think that the actual wedding is like Sam in his tuxedo and Al's next to him like, hey, pally boy, you got this. <laughs> Here and, we go. And all of a sudden the music's playing and he's like... I just like, slept with the maid of honor. Uh, that's a... That's her grandma. Yeah. She was great. Did she... What? You heard me. <laughs> Take that, Grandpa. Al, I, I don't think I want to be your friend anymore. He was one of those weird examples of, like, a womanizer who you don't understand how they get all those women. He's like that uncle who, like, your parents don't want you to, like, know too much about because he's, like, a swinger. <laughs> yes. Like, like, why does why does Uncle Bill have, like, all these keys? He's... The groundskeeper. But they're for a all big mansion. They all have ladies' names on them. Cassandra, Siobhan, Bambi. <laughs> he's he's a, a Disney janitor. <laughs> Disney janitor, that's my new album. That's a great album name. Disney janitor. Um but Al, Al is so creepy in this episode. Like He's creepy in every episode, except for the pilot. The only time Al's not creepy is when he's, like, explaining to him. He's like, oh, yeah, you probably don't know who you are. 
you're Sam Beckett. You're you created and he's like, I created the Genesis project. And he's like, Yes, you created the Genesis project. And he helps him. And then for the rest, the next five seasons, he's no help whatsoever. No. He's like, No what you should do, I'm not gonna bang another nun. But it's so great, it's the perfect <laughs> gun there. It's all that weird, like eighties inappropriate sexual like isn't it funny that all I want to do is bang ladies all the time? Who cares about this no. thing called AIDS? <laughs> it's very strange. Yeah, which is so weird that, like, how horny... Because Quantum Leap was on right after, like, Golden Girls and Empty Nest. Mm-hmm. Golden Girls. Maybe you should stay tuned for the next week's episode of Writer's Bagel Basket. Um, <laughs> but, uh, like, Golden Girls... An empty nest where like shows about like geriatric people having sex, yes. and then Quantum Leap is like, I feel like NBC is like, no, what ABC is being family centric, CBS is doing you know that in between. What if we're just the horny network? Yeah. Because even even when they went into the nineties, you had Seinfeld, which was like another terry hatcher like cameo Mm -hmm. she was the their real and spectacular and then you had friends where they were sleeping with everyone then you had like fraser and cheers and like nbc should have been like the national like broadcasting commune (laughs) yeah so yeah uh this episode like watching watching it like so many years later i was like my parents let me watch this as a kid that's kind of everything, though. Everything that I'm... I'm like, I'm going to go back and watch this. And I'm like, what? That's, this was for children? Like, Hocus Pocus. Like, right. all... It's like, what? <laughs> this isn't okay. Like, like I was re-watching... Uh, in my home, I have a I have a giant Ninja Turtles poster. But I re-watched the original Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where, where she's like... April O'Neil is like trying to massage herself and casey jones just comes behind her and he just starts rubbing her shoulders and she like pulls away and he pulls her forward and like oh my god what's happening (laughs) and she she's like no know what maybe just a little (laughs) (laughs) like like, i was like my parents let me watch this and then when you think about like everything you watch growing up like back to the future mm-hmm. his mom wants to bang him yeah there's a lot of that weird and and in this episode too there's a lot of that like i don't want to i don't want you to touch me oh but if you force me enough then yes yeah, i do in in terry hatcher's character donna's like oh professor brian if only you were 15 years younger and he's like funny you should mention that maybe you should go here yeah and <laughs> Like and he gives like the sp- the specific date to meet him, like oh like my- the time traveler's wife. <laughs> What's gonna happen is I'm gonna reappear years later, but then I'm gonna get shot in a field. Oh, you just ruined the whole thing for everyone. They have like ten years to see it. It's true. Well, I read it. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, they had twelve years to see it. <laughs> it came out in two thousand six or two thousand seven, like. Yeah, you had a decade. Yeah, you had time. Also, the movie is very depressing. It's also the first of many time travel movies for Rachel McAdams. It's true. It's true. It's not even her best one. About time is. She's just only ever in like movies where like love is sad for her. 
Not a bad time. Love's happy for her. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, you would love it. <laughs> Let's watch that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we have more episodes to get through. Um, <sighs> Getting back to this one, the thing that is so confusing is Jamie Lee keeps showing up right when he starts making progress with Donna. And it's not like the classic cliche of she shows up and Donna walks in because it's implied that Donna wa- doesn't want to be alone with him, which is smart. For which this, is smart, yes. For 1989, for like a woman on a TV show to be like, no, what, I don't want to be alone with you. Yeah, you're, be- you're an old, creepy professor who knows too much about me. And you have a reputation of banging like all 25 women in your class. <laughs> right. You're like the Hugh Hefner. Of, oh, speaking of Hugh Hefner, he has a smoking jacket. He has like, like. Oh yeah, he, he's like, oh, this guy has a smoking jacket. I'll just put it on and lounge around and smoke a pipe. Like, and then what? Then you, like everything about this, and as he's breaking his rules, like we know now that like this is the third episode of a five season series, but like mm-hmm. this episode could have ended everything because like. Uh, Dean Stockwell's like, Pally boy, you gotta be careful because they're gonna pull the cord. And he then shows up in hieroglyphics and he's like, maybe you should read the hieroglyphics because I, I may have found Donna's dad because he's a, he, he's like army, army. Oh, he's a general. And he puts up five fingers, five stars. eh?" And then he's like, (laughs) Oh, that looks like the Pentagon. And then he finds donna's dad and calls up the pentagon trying to get a hold of him mm. and, he, and he's like colonel wojahowitz he's shipping out tomorrow like we'll just give you whatever information you'd like yeah here at the pentagon yeah so so then he calls up donna's dad and he's like i know where your daughter is like the way he calls is like a guy who kidnapped Right. Yeah, he's like... But he's also like, do you remember your daughter? Like, what? Of course I remember my daughter. No, just because what do you I, mean? Because Donna, Terry Hatcher's character, has such daddy issues because her dad abandoned her. Because, I guess, he was a, he was a general and he was in the army and he moved around a lot. They got divorced. The mom we don't never, know why. They didn't tell us. It had nothing to do with her, it though. Had, it, because the script said so. Right. So, she's like... Oh well, my father doesn't love me. So so Scott Bakula calls him and he's like, "Listen, you need to see your daughter because of you. I get left at the altar." And he's like, "What?" But the big problem is that he doesn't think about is he he admits that she left somebody else at the altar before him. So if you fix the problem of her not wanting to get married, she's just gonna marry the dude before you. Yeah, like you're not being smart. He's not smart at all in this episode because. They're just implying, like, you're being selfish, dude. Right. You're being so selfish. And you think that the the leap that he needs to fix to leap back is getting her and her dad together. But it's not. The leap is he needs horny Jamie Lee and dumb as rocks Oscar to basically... Bone. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to... <laughs> I guy. mean, find one another again. By boning. By Through bonage. <laughs> the hip bones connected to the Jamie Lee, <laughs> and uh, what's her name? Uh, Donna has nothing to do with this. Like he's actually screwing himself over by even trying to help her. So he calls her dad, and 
in the phone conversation, uh, the dad goes, this conversation's over. And I pointed out to you that this is a time period where, like, caller ID doesn't exist. And all he had to do was call him back up. Bring, bring. Oh, who, who could this be, I wonder? Oh, it's you again. Damn it. Huh. Click. Bring, bring. Oh, oh, who could this be? Oh, damn it. Somebody Hello. should invent something for this. Hello? You again? <laughs> like, all he had to do was call, like, 50 times. He's like, fine. Fine, I'll talk to you. So he, he, so Sam goes up to Don. He's like, we're going on a little road trip to Washington, D.C. And she's like, I'm not going to be alone with you. Like, Don is the smartest person in this episode. She's yes. like, you're very charming. And... And I know what type of burger you like. Like, this is how he thinks she knows who I am. Because she knows how I like my burger but 12 she's not years gonna... before she's met me. Right. Like, it makes no... Look God. into my eyes and you'll recognize me. She hasn't met you yet. <laughs> Wait, why is Chris Hansen coming out of nowhere? So you say you know her. <laughs> I'm just making some lemonade. <laughs> I'm going to go get changed. I'm going to go get your soda. <laughs> Hi, I'm Chris Hansen, and here's your burger. Oh, I was just talking to Donna. So you were talking to Donna. <laughs> yeah, we used to date. So they used to date. Well, I have your date. fax transmission records. <laughs> Dr. Professor James Bryan? More like Dr. Samuel Beckett. Dun, dun, dun. I would love Why her. do you have condoms in your car if you weren't going to have sex with her? <laughs> I just have those in case. I'm a sex A 54 ed- pack? <laughs> I, I would love for this to be the reason why, like, to catch a predator ever existed. <laughs> Was to stop time traveling sex maniacs like Scott Bakula. <laughs> I also, the thing I love the most is that we know now that none of this even matters because he never even goes back to his own timeline. So who cares if he, like, ends up marrying her someday? You're never going to live that life. Yeah, because the leap will never be the leap home. Spoilers for the series. I'm gonna. I'm about to spoil the ending of Quantum Leap, a show that didn't even do well enough to get all five seasons on DVD. I think, like, they did the first three seasons. He never ends up going home. He right. never leaps back home. Uh, Al gets lost. He gets lost? Al ends up... Yeah. Al ends up... How? He's they, just a hologram. Well, he's in the real world. He ends up getting kidnapped. Oh. And that's the final episode. Al, so... And then Jack Bauer needs to save him. In <laughs> 24 hours. <laughs> boop. 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 Oh, he's dead. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, um... Sam never goes home. So knowing this, this was like the original, like, How I Met Your Mother style ending. Like, it, this series had an unsatisfying ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people were upset about it. Because this was like, so if this if the show premiered in 89, so it probably, I believe it ended in 94? Mm-hmm. 94, 95? Um, yep, 93. Because I am bad at math. Yeah, the 93-94 season of NBC is when this ended. Right. And to have it end so unsatisfyingly, they're like, yeah, th- th- it sucks that it ended this way. But don't worry. Mad About You is coming up next. <laughs> <laughs> you guys like Paul Reiser, right? Yeah. Tell me why I love you like I do. And he's back now. Like 
He came back for Stranger Things. And they're doing Mad delightful. About You again. Are they? Yeah, NBC. Not NBC, Netflix is doing Mad About You. With, With Paul Reiser and Hel- Helen Hunt? Yeah, she has nothing better to Where do. Where has she been? She's in a movie now, right? There's yeah. a movie coming out with her. It came and it went. That's how bad it was. It's already come out? It came out last week and they pulled it. Who would have thought Twister 2 wouldn't be good? <laughs> yeah, but this time Twister 2 is just them playing the game Twister. <laughs> just Helen Hunt with her arthritic hips playing yeah. Twister. And be- because R.I.P. Bill Paxton died, they just replaced Aww. him with Bill Pullman and you never knew. There you go. No. You don't know. <laughs> Uh, so getting back to the episode, he convinces her to go on a road trip with Jamie Lee and Oscar and Oscar says like the most creepiest thing as they're driving. She's like, Oh look, it's a little doe. It's a baby deer. And he's like, yeah, I would like to shoot that thing and mount it on my wall. And she's like, how barbaric. And then they spend a weird, like, two minutes explaining all the different romantic literary characters who hunt. Lancelot hunted. Romeo hunted. I I bet he brought Guinevere a stag a day. Yeah, and then she said... What? She said Rochester hunted? Like, like Jack Benny's Rochester? (laughs) Mr. Jack Benny, I brought you this (laughs) dead animal. Oh, thanks, Rochester. (laughs) Elmer Fudd hunted? Be very quiet, Jamie. He was such a romantic. I'm sorry I don't go for Elmer Fudd. He doesn't get my heart a pumping. (laughs) I pointed out to you, she sounded like uh, Charlotte LaBeouf from from The Princess and the Frog, but not as talented. Right. Like Jennifer Cody played Charlotte LaBeouf from You're in Town, and she won an Annie for playing. She had presence. She, like, made herself known. You love that Southern Belle. She had, like, energy. She was precocious. This one, you want to see her tied to train tracks. And you you just want the train to come. Yeah. You're just like, okay, bye. Yeah, no, she was not a sympathetic character at all. You didn't care remotely about her or Oscar. I cared more about Oscar than I did her. I was like, this poor guy, he just... But honestly, he, so he went to Ohio State, and she goes to Lawrence College, which I'm guessing is a fictional college. I don't know. There's Sarah Lawrence, but that's on the East Coast. Right. So Lawrence College. Also, was this an all-girls college? Because you never see yeah, one, you never see looked one like it was, dude. No, it was all girls in his class. Yeah. So let's just assume that they, maybe this is to catch a predator, because... This guy comes off, like, even when Sam jumps in the body, he's like, oh, no, I'm in the body of a sexual predator. Yeah, this guy is super creepy. Like, even when you look at him, like, like Scott Bakula is very handsome. He's a handsome yes. man. And then when they show the guy, the guy just keeps looking more and more like the Crypt Keeper when they show his reflection. Yeah, whenever whenever this girl is going after Scott Bakula, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. He's a handsome, charming man. And then he looks in the mirror and you're just like, ah, no. <laughs> what happened to Scott What's Bakula? What's going on? Someone destroyed your painting, Dorian Gray. <laughs> Oh, man, are you the man who invented heroin? <laughs> it's just not good. It's not good. And this this poor girl who, at one point, Jamie Lee shows up in, like, like, she had to go to the theater department to, like, 
grab that dress. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, or did he provide it to her? Where did she get this? This he just starts stroking medieval... her face. My beautiful Southern Belle, put this on. Yeah. It came from my sex Come trunk. Back to my house in two days' time with this Guinevere dress on. Oh, don't you worry. I have protection. I have a rubber costume. It's shouldn't his real goal be to get this guy like fired from the department to stop preying on on these poor innocent like lit majors? Yes. <laughs> like I know he has tenure, but how do I do this? Well, good. You saved J- J- Jamie Lee. Except, what about everybody else this creep is boning? (laughs) They don't care that he's, you know, getting away with exploiting these women. So maybe if I get a giant bag of cocaine (laughs) and just make him a drug addict, that's how I'll do it. Right before I leap, I'll just snort just a little bit too much. Yeah, I'll do enough that could have killed Kurt Cobain. (laughs) So that would be half this bag. And so they end up in Washington, and he takes Donna. He leaves these two dum-dums in the back of of his, like... How long does it take to get to Washington from Ohio? It had to take, like, all night. Probably seven hours. Because he's like, we can get back in a day. And I'm like, I don't really... If, if you're wearing, what like... What are you doing? If you're wearing, like, adult diapers and you don't stop... <laughs> Like, at one point, they stop at the gas station, and Al appears, and he's like, Hey, buddy boy, how's it going? You're breaking the law again? But don't worry, I banged another pro- uh, I banged another scientist's <laughs> wife so I could get you this information. Yeah. Like, like, once again, he said that they can hear him, so... so right, Can't, don't they know what he's saying about so, banging all their wives? Yeah, so the guy who's helping him, he mentioned that guy's wife, so I just picture that guy's, like, like plugging in, like, the coordinates into the computer, and he's like... Wait, what? Sharon? No. But it's all okay because the the guy the guy who's listening is like, I'm safe. I'm one of those air quotes bachelors. I'm a forever bachelor. <laughs> Me and my friend Kyle. He's just my roommate. I promise. Yeah. Some... Ignore his kimono. Yeah, we we like sports, wrestling, Greco-Roman. <laughs> Just oily and naked. What were you saying? What? Huh? I was just thinking about... (laughs) No, but I I pictured that guy's like, ah, I'm safe. But the guy next to him is just like crying. He's like, Karen, no. No. Don't worry, Bert. It was just hand stuff. (laughs) Like... I stole this guy's rubber suit. We were doing sign language. (laughs) I I don't know why. I don't know why all of a sudden they're just doing sign language. I'm a therapist. <laughs> I'm teaching her Helen Keller style. Water. She can't see the sign language, so I gotta make her feel it. Water. Water. <laughs> so, so poor, poor Sam. I feel so bad for Sam in this episode because... They they don't set up... This is a great example of a TV show that you don't know nothing about your main character mm-hmm. from the very beginning. Like, he has amnesia and he discovers himself the more he leaps. Right. And that's a great way to build a character. But then in this third episode, like, 
you feel bad because he had the love of his life. She left him at the altar, and mm -hmm. that's why he even started this, because he just wanted to run away. This is like his metaphor for running away. Right. And this was sort of their dream of achieving this time travel do you, feat. Do you think that he did this because he just he wanted, perchance, the ability to bump into her and like rewrite his own destiny? I'm sure that's part of it. Or did, did he want to travel six hours in a car with a meathead and, like, some ditzy southern belle? Which, I still don't understand why they made her southern. Because it makes no sense. Nobody it, else is southern. Why like is she, she should, southern? She, it's the Midwest. So she, it's uh, also she, a very she, fake southern accent. Yeah. She should be talking like this because it's, it's Ohio. She should, right. she, she should have that Cleveland accent. Don't worry, Sammy boy. <laughs> um, so once they get to Washington, they end up... In this building, which turns out to be the Watergate, and uh, the the security guard who Carl Weathers Light. Oh yeah, he's like. I was wondering who he reminded me of. That's exactly you're exactly right. You, you put in a few bones and you put in some potatoes and you got yourself a stew cooking. <laughs> <laughs> and and he's like, oh, what's your name? Uh, I'm Donna Barrett. I'm I'm here to see uh, Colonel Wojohowitz. I'm his daughter. Like, she's having, like, this very profound, like, I'm going to meet my papa. Yeah. And. Papa, can you hear me? Papa. <laughs> and he, he's like, oh, he's got the do not disturb sign on. Which, right there, like, when they said that, I was like, why is it do not disturb sign on? Isn't this the Pentagon? Because they make you think they're going to the Pentagon. Right, they do. And. And Sam uses, uh, Sam's like, no, there's another way, because they won't let her in. And he's like, I feel like if I go to this third door, and it's, the door's taped. Yeah. Because. And you're like, why? What's going on? And she knocks on the door, on, like, the fifth level, and her dad's there, and he's like, she's like, this was a terrible idea. And he's like, where are you going? Yeah. Finally, I see my daughter after all this time of abandoning you and never wanting to have anything to do with your life. And here you are. Oh, and it's up. almost as though I have to pay no repercussions for that at all. The creepiest moment of this this no-name actor, Colonel Wojohowicz, was when he's looking at a photo of a young Terry Hatcher and she's in that Pollyanna dress. <laughs> yes. And you can tell that it just really is one of Terry Hatcher's childhood photos. Yeah, and she's got, like, the gap teeth. <laughs> yeah. And she's just, like... he Cute knocks as a button, though. I, I would love for him to, like, not put two and two together, and, and she knocks on the door, and she's like, Hi! And he's like, Oh! Good, my hooker's here. <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> I'm sorry I stole it from you. I'm sorry. It's I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You look nothing like your personal ad. <laughs> this newfangled video dating service. Uh, so so they reconnect, and she's like, please don't go to Vietnam. It's a sham war. And don't then, do it. And, and what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Say it again, y'all. And as, as this is going on, the security... Uh, Officer Carl Weathers is like, these these plates are from Ohio. And hey, he's immediately upset by that. Yeah. I don't understand. Like, Washington is a town a where Chicago you're going to see cars man. from all over the place. I'm a Chicago man. Hey, these plates are from Ohio. Call the cops. He's like, this is the Watergate Hotel. 
and Sam Sam's like I reunited her and now I'm gonna get married and Al appears again and he's like don't you know where you are it's June 17th 1972 and you're in Washington you're at the Watergate pal he's like I have no idea what that means and he goes the Republicans would love you yes you're literally the reason that they're about to catch Nixon. <laughs> like, you should be, like, happy. Yeah. Because you're about to help end the Vietnam War because... And stop Nixon. Yeah, the Pentagon Papers and Watergate led to the end of the Vietnam War and led to the impeachment of Richard Milhouse Nixon. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, well, you did all this good, but you haven't left yet. And all of a sudden... Because the real point... <laughs> Yeah, instead of stopping this whole scandal, the real point was to get these two meat-headed, like, Southern Belle and, you know, Mr. Incredible-looking guy yeah. to basically bone. Yeah. And they kiss, and then he leaps, and he's like, no, no, no! And then he gets punched in the face, and he's in a boxing ring. Yeah. And that's how the episode ends. I think the best outcome would have been if terry hatcher knocked on her dad's door and her dad came out and was like what are you doing here i've got some very secret things going on i'm saying that if the president does it It's then it's not, not illegal i'm sorry <laughs> michael sheen what are you doing here i've missed you my whole life <laughs> hello frank what, 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 we're filming. See, there's Ronnie Howard in the corner directing. Keep, keep going, guys. <laughs> Check the gate. Frank Langella, what are you doing here? <laughs> I would love for this to be Quantum Leap Frost versus Nixon. Frost Nixon. That would be great. <laughs> because Michael Sheen is hoping, David Frost is hoping that the next leap is the leap home. <laughs> Out of this interview. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's the one line I always quote from Ross Nixon. Is not even the, if the president does it, then it's not illegal. It's always the, I'm sorry. <laughs> because he says it like like such a cartoon character. Or or if instead of it being Frost Nixon, it's a, all the president's men and like Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman show up. It's like Tootsie? Sundance? <laughs> What's happening? So, was, was this the first time you watched a Quantum Leap episode all the way through? I believe so, yes. So, did you like it? Would you watch it again? No? I feel like I would watch it again to see where it goes. I think, like, even though the episode isn't great, I think there's a compelling understory of finding out, like, you can feel that eventually it's going to be a problem that they set it up to be a problem that Terry Hatcher might end up marrying that other guy. And it's like, so is he going to leap into her timeline again and try to stop that marriage? Is he ever going to get back? I mean, obviously now we know he never gets back, but like what's, what's going to happen with this cool, I think Scott Bakula is, is the thing that ties it all together. He's so charming. Like he has such charisma. He really does. Because this was the time when they realized like, you don't need to be like, a leading man to have a TV show. At this point, Magnum P.I. and and Selleck was handsome, but he wasn't buff. Right. He he had, like, the body of, like, a swimmer. Right. 
And Bacula basically looks like, well, I was an Eagle Scout, and uh, now I'm here. He's got that same kind of like uh, like David John, Hasselhoff kind of, yeah. Like there are some pecs in there, but, but that's it. <laughs> and that's okay. Just some pecs, no stomach whatsoever, no definition. Right. No muscle mass. Those were the days. <laughs> and... Bacula, I I still would have loved for like just the premise of the TV show just to be like, he goes back in time or jumps from time to time, just to pick up chicks. Yep. This is how he copes with being left at. The, <gasps> this is how he copes with being left at the altar. Oh. He just goes back and ruins other people's lives. He just ends up being multiple different hot ladies' husbands, so he gets <laughs> to bang a bunch of hot ladies. Well, I was. You're Claudia Schiffer's husband today. I'm David Copperfield. Yeah. No, you're the director of... Uh, you're Matthew Vaughn. You're the director of Kingsman. Oh, oh darn. <laughs> I wanted to make the Statue of Liberty disappear. <laughs> like, I remember Chris Hardwick like wanted this to be a show that got rebooted. Right. Um, and I think this show could really work as a reboot today. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're redoing Magnum P.I. They did Hawaii Five-0. Like, do Quantum Leap. I would totally watch it. Yeah. Um, so on the show, what we do at the end, out of 13 bagels, we do a baker's dozen. We take out bagels for when the show doesn't make sense. Like if it's brilliant episode with no plot holes, 13 bagels. Okay. If it is ridiculous, like when we did last week's episode, when we did Mr. Belvedere, because that was an episode about a little eight year old boy getting AIDS. Right. We took out all the bagels. I left two. So out of 13, how many are you taking out and how many are you leaving in? Oh, oh, that's hard. That's hard. I, I think that for the fact that the, you know, student was a weird, unnecessary side plot that was only there for the device, but interrupted the, the heart of the episode too much, uh, I, I'd, I'd take away... Six bagels, because okay. she's southern and doesn't need to be. <laughs> seven. There's yeah. seven left. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna actually take out seven and leave six because she was unnecessary. This is the third episode, and you're supposed to like Al, but he just comes across as a creep. Yeah. Uh, her her Craig T. Nelson looking boyfriend who <laughs> is clearly like, they're like, well, your resume says that you're nineteen, but. Your hairline's receding, and you just cracked a bunch of walnuts with your jaw. And that character in general clearly has a lot of date rape under his belt. <laughs> He's that kind of guy. He's so creepy. Yeah. Like, he even says, like, the only reason why I want her is because she's got them curves, and, like... She's she's raw sexual energy, and he's like, Jesus, pump the brakes. There's more to it. Horny isn't romantic. Is he, that what he says? Horny isn't yeah, romantic? He says horny is not romantic. Right, which we're still trying to learn here in America. <laughs> we still haven't learned that lesson yet. And the show's good, but like this is like the third episode. This proves that the show could get better. And it does, and there are times it doesn't. Like, so... I I I agree. I'm taking out seven. You took out six. So six are left for me. Seven are left for you. Is there anything you want to plug? Because this is going out this week. This week? 
I don't have anything going on close to this week. But you're working on something. I am. I'm currently working on uh, the 39 Steps, uh, which is uh, opening in June at Theater at the Mountain Gardener, which is a little bit of a ways from you here in Medford. <laughs> Massachusetts. Yeah. Garden of Massachusetts. Um, aren't you also working on a musicale? I will be directing a musical, uh, which actually auditions next month in May. We will rock you. The Queen musical, which is terrible in the best way. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like all jukebox musicals are terrible in the best way. Well, some of them some of them are successful and some of them aren't. I think they're better when you write it in a way that it feels like the music is part of the script. Um, this one does not feel like that. <laughs> sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, you know, sometimes it's clearly like people like this song, so we got to sing it, but there's no situation where it would make sense. So here it goes. Hammer to fall. Didn't they put like the show must go on in there? They didn't. Um, but there, there are some odd choices that aren't in there. Like, um, uh, don't stop me now. It's in there for a second and then she gets stopped. So you don't get the whole song which is upsetting. But the smart thing is that they understood that Bohemian Rhapsody does not fit into the show randomly, so it plays as an encore, as a song on its own, which is good. That's fine. You got a sort of, you know, Mamma Mia mega mix where you're like, do I still stand and clap or do I sit down? Are they going to sing a whole song? They haven't done Dancing Queen yet. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, they must be breaking that one out, so probably I should sit down. (laughs) So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. We are definitely going to have David back. Um, so you can find us on, you can go to Curland on Film to listen to the latest episodes of Writer's Bagel Basket. Or you can find us on Twitter at Writer Bagel Basket, which is no vowels for writer, all vowels for bagel, no vowels for basket because they don't let us have enough characters on Twitter. Those jerks. Or you can find us on Facebook. Or email us uh, writersbagelbasket at gmail.com so until next time I am Scott Curlin thank you David thank you and bye